Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. Once again, I am so excited to introduce an old friend who is doing amazing things in this world. Rune Magnusdottir is from Iceland. Yes, that that faraway place that we all dream of going and learning about the uh, what do they call the those water things, the steaming, <laughs> the geysers, the geysers. Yes, thank yeah. you. For some reason, I was having a brain block there. That's okay. <laughs> Um, and she is the founder and CEO of The Changemakers, co-creator of the hashtag No More Boxes movement. And welcome, Runa. Oh, thank you, Heidi. It's so good to get in touch with you again. I know. I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of amazing that we've come so far. I often sort of muse about how, you know, it was probably 15 years ago when you and I met and we were both building these communities to connect women to share resources and share information about their businesses and and just connect and yeah. um and things have, you know and this was sort of early stages facebook and look how far we've come you know back oh. then people were saying oh no no one's going to share anything on facebook don't put pictures up there certainly yeah. don't put pictures of your children and now where oh. are we at <laughs> And that, yeah, exactly. We would, we would at the time, we were like light years ahead of <laughs> the the generation to come. Really, we would, um, both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's been really fun to watch your journey. Can you tell the folks out there a little bit about what you're doing now and the the whole change makers and hashtag no more boxes movement? Like you mentioned, I I started up this uh, this website called Connected Women that was really like. For me, it was an answer to something that I really felt was needed. Uh, I, I have always been, I'm a proud feminist. And I just recently uh, realized that what I say, when I say a feminist, that's where a good majority of people say being a humanist. So this is funny how ist can be different things for people. So I'm a feminist plus humanist. But anyway, <laughs> I love to empower people. And I love to see people grow. And at the time, I really wanted to see women uh, step up their game. And that's why I started Connected Women. Now, it's interesting what you're saying, Heidi, how things evolve. And, you know, I've been following you, how, what, how you've been following, what you've been up to. And what, how Connected Women turned out, um, you know, it was a site where there were thousands of women I think we had like 75, 78 countries listed. And I very quickly understood that, yep, they would sign up, but they had not a clue how to brand themselves. They had not a clue how to promote themselves. You know, all these basics that was really needed to be over in order to be able to use that platform was really not there. And that led me to personal branding and the branding part. So. I turned my business into the branding field and, you know, I've been, that's basically where my clients are today. They, uh, I'm helping them to identify their brand, what makes them unique, how to step up their game, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I've been doing. So I've had a lot of successes, uh, publish a book and, uh, 
been speaking on stages worldwide and had a lot of fun. But then last year, I really felt like like I needed to do something more. It was like I had come to a certain end point in my life. And and as I was digging into, Runa, you, you know, who are you really? What is it really that you want to do in your life? And And I started to ask myself this big question. And my big question was, what is the change that you want to see in this world, Runa? And as the more that I was digging into myself and digging into my soul, I saw that there are certain things that I really want to see different. I really want to see people being having more freedom to be who they are, to be valued for who they are, regardless of their gender or background or race or religion or whatever. And as I started to think this question even deeper, I came to the question, okay, if you want to see this happen, then what is the role that you want to take in, in, in order to create that change? I thought to myself, well, I've done quite a bit of, of things in my life. Now I really want to build a solid team that can we can together co-create the world that we want to live in. And uh, that is really like the really short story about the change makers. So we're a group of thought leaders in the business world, and we're coming together to empower humans to be the change that they want to see in their world. We're eight of us from six countries, and it has been quite a journey. Why the No More Boxes movement? This is what I've noticed, Heidi, throughout my life, and I'm sure you agree with me. It would be interesting to hear your view on that. I always feel that when I manage to tap into who I really am and what is it really that I want to serve on this planet, their answers, they just come to me. And I have to trust my gut that I have to trust it so that I build my, I build that courage to do things. Anyway, with the change makers, we were invited to give a special call to action panel at the United Nations earlier uh, this spring. This was a global summit impact leadership. and. The content of that uh, conference was around three out of 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Do you, that day at the United Nations, have you seen the movie The Matrix? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I had a Matrix moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, you know, and you think, hmm, at the United Nations, how cool is that? Anyway. I'm imagining was, you in black leather now. Can, yeah, can you say... <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I'm sitting there uh, listening to one of my chainsmakers in, a, in, a, in another panel called Conversation with Man. And they, the topic was around how do we reach the UN Sustainable Development Goal number five has, has leading to gender equality. And the chainsmaker, Nicholas Haynes, who is sitting there on panel, he starts to talk about the real problem that we are less, that we are facing and the real problem is that we're constantly placing ourselves and other people into boxes if you are a woman and you are fast forward thinking you are a career woman you you want to see things done you're told not to be such a butch and you're told to slow down 
and you're told to be more ladylike. Oh gosh, I know that I've had that <laughs> quite often. And if you're a man and you're caring and you just love to take care of people and you have all these emotions and you show the emotion, you're told to man up. These things about placing people and saying you are this if you're a woman or you are that if you're a man is causing so much pain and isolation and division in the world that people are not feeling that they are accepted as they are because they're trying to fill, fill up in a, something that is really unwritten somewhere and it's not really them. So as I was sitting there and I thought to myself, oh my God, wow, that all of these boxes and I just saw all the boxes that I've been placed into. I noticed all the boxes that I placed other people into mm. and that was my matrix and I thought, Oh, this is something that we have to, this is no more boxes. The real fun story about this is, uh, we were supposed to be in, in, in New York for, for, for a couple of days, but due to a snowstorm that was coming in, we, there was an emergency. We had to basically either we had to leave New York immediately or we would probably be stuck. So we hop into a taxi, me and Nick, and. A taxi ride that was supposed to take 40 minutes became two and a half hours because of the weather conditions. In that taxi ride, <laughs> Heidi, mm. the whole no more boxes movement was created. You know, I know, you know how it is when you get really excited and you go, yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I want to make a world. I want to create, help people to leave the boxes that are no longer serving them and be more conscious about what boxes they're placing themselves and others into. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I want to do this. And do you know what? We found out exactly six months after that taxi ride to a date, Nick and I are leaving the Icelandic embassy in London after hosting our very first international No More Boxes Breakfast Club. Exactly to a date. And when we realized that, we went, whoa. <laughs> it was meant to happen. It was meant to happen. Yeah. This is such an incredible journey that I'm on at the moment. And both of us are on. We're launching the, the book, the story of boxes, the good, the bad, then the ugly. When we started to drill into it, we really realized that we would always be in a box. Uh, it's human behavior. Question is, if we are aware of, are we placing ourselves in a good, bad, or an ugly box? And how to move ourselves between the three? Mm. I think it's so interesting. I mean, you know, it, it actually sort of coincides along with uh, the sort of the theory or the, the work that I do, which is really about treating everything as if the anomaly is the norm. And it's really taking yeah. everything out and realizing that we're all incredibly different. We have a lot of things in common, but we all have a unique combination of those things. You know, when we try to put things into boxes or into certain categories, they don't really fit. Nothing fits 100%. No, no two people are exactly alike. The other thing is that we don't necessarily recognize without a lot of deep work, which hopefully people are starting to do, we don't necessarily recognize one, our own box but also the other person's box, so the other people's yeah. boxes. And then when we have mediated interactions, it's a lot easier to put things into boxes to try to make sense. So we use it for sense yeah. making, but as a result, we end up building boundaries that aren't necessarily there. 
this is such a huge thing. And, and you're absolutely right. This is something that we automatically do. And uh, I mean, originally we needed to do this because we needed to, you know, as a way, 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 way back, this was needed for humankind to realize this is a danger. Is this something, you know, can I eat this? You know, all of these things that were really in the basics. And we have to face that, I guess. What I, what I want to see is just if we can take like one or two breaths before we judge someone or judge ourselves that is really limiting us. Mm. It's limiting humankind. You know, if, if you look at it, the way that I've been looking at it and the, the more that I dig into this and I think, wow, if we, if this issue, this exactly same issue would be food, that would be called food waste. Mm. But in fact, it's human waste. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I think that it, there's this toxicity that's created in that waste that yeah. is is not just waste, but it's also creating this destructive nature of how we interact. So it's not just you know wasted energy. It sort of converts to something that's even more powerful, but in a negative yeah. way. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely, and it it's creating those endless us and them. Just give you a, a, a sh very short story. I was just queuing up in my bank as one does, and I found myself saying to myself, "Oh, bankers are such a boring people." And then the minute I the, I I dropped that thought, and can you imagine the energy that follows that thought? Mm-hmm. The minute I, I did that, and I, because I'm being a little bit more aware than I was before, I thought, what was that? Um, <laughs> and I thought, no, 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 no. This is, this is not what I really wanted to say. And I started digging, why did this thought even come up for me? And I found in this case, it was me that was bored, staying in queue. Mm -hmm. up. I was boring. But I placed it on all the bankers in this world. <laughs> Poor bankers. <laughs> Poor bankers. Yeah, I know at least one or two that are not that boring. But no, that was a joke. There's a huge responsibility into how our actions and our, how our reactions, how, how we can control the world that we are in. Literally there, when I realized this and I understood that it was just me being bored, I could change that by change my own behavior, change my own reactions. And what I actually started to do at that, right that minute, I started to talk to the person that was beside me, had a lovely conversation. We had a good laugh, a couple of jokes that went on and I got my spirit up again. And it was a really, really nice experience in that bank. I love it. And, and, and really that came down to you being self-aware. I'm, I'm kind of curious because I mean, as, as we both have moved through this world of, or this space of creating and expanding conversations and connections through mediated tools, whatever they were, whether we were building our own or whether we were connecting to existing tools, how can we uh, help others actually span that, that, uh, that mediated conversation with self-awareness so that we don't, or so that we spread positive energy rather than that negative, judgmental, putting everyone in boxes. Are there tools mm -hmm. that you've been using 
in your No More Boxes movement that help people with that particular type of interaction? First, it's really to uh, observe the box. Like you said, you might not even understand or see that you're in a box uh, because you're in a place that you may be just getting so used to. And you just kind of like uh, even think, oh, this is the world. This is how my world is supposed to be. This is, you know, I can't change anything. That might be uh, the thought process that you're, you're into. So uh, being aware of the box that you are placing yourself in is the first step. The, the boxes are endless. And this is like the Russian dolls, you know, that it is mm-hmm. a box within a box within a box. So, uh, but just being aware that you are placing yourself in a box is obviously the first step. When you're aware and you think, oh, I'm just in a box, you can start to think about, is this box a good box? Is it nurturing me? Is it allowing me to expand? Is it empowering? Does it give me freedom to be who I am, express what I am? Do I feel that I'm valued as I am? That those are the questions that are really, you know, this is a good box. Am I in a maybe a bad box? Or could I simply be, without even knowing it, in a really, really ugly box? I look at my own life and, and I can see what was once a beautiful box turned out to be a, a rather ugly box. And that was like my, my previous marriage. Uh, and I think many people can relate to that. You know, you're in love and there's a really good box and then things happen and, and almost like you can like just one day you find yourself in a ugly box, but you might not be aware of it as it happens to you. But the minute that you become aware, hey, this is no longer working for me, then there's a way out. And how do you distinguish from your own box and someone else's box so that you can actually move between the Mm. two and be able to, you know, to span that. Because I I think that's ultimately where a lot of us struggle in that you think you've done your work, or the person that you're dealing with thinks they've done their work. And Mm. in actuality, maybe nobody's done the right kind of work to really recognize their box, or their box may be different when it is interacting with a different type of box. Oh, yeah. Uh, Another Russian doll. This actually, when, you, when you're asking me this question, what comes up in my mind is one of the observations that I observed as I've been doing the research for the book and writing the book and, and doing the whole thing about this. And that has to do with, that is the saying, treat others like you like to be treated. And that's bullshit. Excuse mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I'm with you 100% there, Runa. I was just going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> why, why on earth, Heidi, should I treat you like I want to be treated? You don't want to be treated that way. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I, should, I should pay attention to who you are. Mm-hmm. I should sit down, give you space to express who you are. And if I'm not judging you within the seven seconds that I see you, which is the human behavior, and you know, the funny part is, that's one of the things that I always talk to my, say to my clients when I'm helping them with their brand, you're being judged the first seven seconds. This is awful. Um, so if I, instead of judging you and, and, and getting all these energies up for me, 
and I, that fills out the, the my space and and the universe. Uh, and I do that without even thinking. If I can reverse that and I can let go of these judgments and I can be there with you and I can listen to you and I can see how connected we actually are, more connected than disconnected, then I start to treat you like you want to be treated. Wonderful. I love that. And I think it's so true. It's really, I mean, I've always felt that it's much more important to treat people the way they want to be treated than to have them treated the way I want to be treated. I mean, I'm an introvert. <laughs> I need my, I need my quiet time. I mean, I've been told, I don't know how many times by very dear friends of mine that have known me for years that I make a terrible first impression. They're like, yeah. the first time I met you, I thought you were a blank. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Uh, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you didn't even give me the time of day. I was like, I was probably deep in thought or something. I don't know. I just, <laughs> so exactly. I, I think it's really important to recognize that, you know, that comes across very differently. But it also, you know, sometimes when I, in trying to gain the energy that somebody else has to be able to come to their space and yeah. their energy level, it may come across as false even yeah. though it has good intention. So for me, I think it's really important to learn the tools both for myself and to teach the tools to my clients to understand intention rather mm -hmm. than what you see is what you get. So I think that's yeah. that's really important. I want to move on a little bit and, and just try to understand because I know we both came from, yes, of the people side of technology, but we've seen a lot of things change in our world in the last 15 years. And, um, and that's been, brought a lot of good things, but it's also brought some bad things with it. What I'm curious is because obviously this movement that you're creating is a global movement. You know, what type of tools are you using and how do you see the technology being an opportunity to really make a movement happen? Whether it's your movement or another movement, how can we really embrace these tools to grow positive energy and, and positive movements like yours? Aside from the social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which I am on all of these and quite active, I, I believe, we are using as a platform, we're using Patreon basically to fundraise the cost to create a movement like this. That works beautifully. Uh, that was something that uh, came my way. I had no idea that it existed. And then I found out that there were, you know, there are hundreds of thousands, I think, of, of really interesting projects being created on, on patreon.com. Is this um, Patreon? Is that the one? Yeah, you're, okay. Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're, we, I, I, th I thought that concept is absolutely brilliant and really fits well for us to create a movement uh, on, on that side. Uh, another thing that I feel is as, as, a, as, a, as a way to do things uh, strategically and, and effectively is to create partnerships with like-minded people uh, with you on that journey that you are, you both you're able to have conversation with them one-on-one -on -one or, or, or in a group. And you're able to support each other. I am one of the co-founders of um, an organization called The Network for Transformational Leaders. And we're a global organization, uh, all people that are doing transformational uh, work in this world. 
my peeps there are people that I can go to and I can ask for advice and then we and we help each other out quite a bit when it comes to reaching out to other people because after all one of the things that I've noticed and that has nothing maybe to do with technology just use technology to get there and that is you're I always feel that opportunities they come through another people mm. another person and you never know whom and you never know where which platform at least I haven't found that like one thing myself. You know, it's so funny because as you're saying that, it's reminding me, I think we probably had this conversation when we first met in Cairo about yeah. sort of the essence of a network and the value of a network and why to connect, why connecting people is so important because it's mm-hmm. really not about that first degree connection. It's that second, third, fourth degree connection okay. that that when you build a trusted relationship can just blossom into something that is far more powerful than that initial interaction. Oh yeah. And and I think that, you know, technology has been a powerful tool to make that happen and in a very different way than it did in the past, but it's still something that it really comes down to relationships and mm-hmm. trust and building that really that understanding of you know what like you're saying like being with your peeps they understand you they understand what you do they understand what your needs are so when they come across something that might be of interest to you or of value to you they not only trust that they can make that connection for you and want to make that connection for you but they personally gain in value from making that connection for you because there's yeah. a sense of accomplishment and giving that's yeah. that's very powerful Often when I'm saying this to people, they I often feel that they get a little bit shy, like they feel they're asking something from another person. And this has to do with uh, your communication style. Uh, one of the things that um, I've, uh, I don't, I, I think I probably have learned anyway, that's just my procedure today, is that I would, uh, when I reach out to someone, I don't ask them, like, I don't say, Heidi, could you connect me with such and such? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't quite do that. I, I would rather go and say, I would be very clear on what it is that I'm doing. So I can pitch that to you. I can say, okay, I really would, uh, what I'm wondering about, and I would love to be able to go further on is such and such and such. So I need to be a little bit clear on that. And in that conversation, most likely you're going to come and say, ah, I know such and such who is absolutely a genius in this. Do you want me to connect you with them or her? And I go, yeah, that would be brilliant. And things happen. What I've learned is if I am very clear on who I am and where I'm going and what I am on my, where I'm going on my journey, and I know that I can help you, Heidi, on your journey, it becomes like a dance. Mm. And it, it, it's not like um, I am asking anything of, from you. You're giving it because you feel that you can contribute into the, 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 the project or the, the change that I want to create in the world. And that makes you feel good. And that makes me feel good. And then as I report back to you and say, hey, guess what? You know, the, the, the connections that you gave me, it has actually blossomed into this. 
and you become, woohoo, I had something to do with it. And this is how I felt everything has come my way, really. Well, and I think that comes from also the nature of the way that you are and that you, you're a giving person. I think that it would be, and I don't want to put people in boxes, as you say, but I think that coming from a space of being a giving person and, and giving in nature, that we tend to think this way. There's whole cultures that it's more of an exchange where there's mm. sort of, you know, certain values put onto exchanges that I find, you know, that there has been a cultural clash for me that I've had to learn how to operate in those environments as well, because, you know, it's easy to get taken advantage of for one thing, because you're happy to connect people and do all of this and do all of that. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're putting all of your energy into helping other people grow their businesses, but you don't have anything, any energy left for yourself. And you've already sort of connected a couple people to somebody interesting. And then when you need them, it's like, oh, God, this is kind of a burden. So mm-hmm. I think there, there is, it is that delicate dance. And, and mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to understanding sort of the movements of that dance and recognizing mm-hmm. that there is an ebb and a flow and that um, the reciprocity side of it is really important that, it, you know, that you, you can give and give and give, but some things need to come back to you. And in the same way that when someone gives to you to make sure that there's a way that even at the very, very least that you make sure you get back to that person and thank them. And there's, mm. you know, just gratitude can be an incredibly valuable tool. And oh, I think yeah. we're, we're learning more about ways to, to enhance the ability to express gratitude beyond just the thank you. Um, oh. and, and in ways that, you know, that provide value and, and, you know, are, that can lift everybody simultaneously. But I think yeah. that the, that is something that, you know, we all need to learn a little bit together and, and be respective I, of the different ways of doing it. I found myself guilty of forgetting to tell people to report back, but this is something that I becoming more and more aware of that I absolutely have to do that. And it becomes, you know, one, it, it's like one of those muscles that you have to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you start to press, practice that muscle to go back to the person that connected you and, and, and show gratitude in one way or another, uh, it just expands in, in, in every sense of the world. You know, it's interesting as we talk about gratitude, one of the things that I write about in my first book, and actually I think it's integrated a little bit in the second book, is the importance of having a gratitude practice with your technology so that it runs smoothly. And Mm -hmm. some people sort of go, whoa, it's way out there. That's too woo-woo. But it's it's sort of, you know, being respectful with your technology and recognizing it and sort of treating it almost like a satient being. You'll find that things actually work a lot better. And it's, you know, it's everything from, you know, if you look under your desk and there's just this rat's nest of tangled cables, and then you wonder why things aren't running smoothly. I mean, how do you feel when there's chaos in your head? So, you know, why wouldn't that cause the same disruption for your technology? So little things like just being respectful of that space and clearing out the congestion when, you know, things aren't necessary anymore. It's kind of like doing a spring cleaning in your house. And, and, Uh, and, uh, you know, so when I'm working with, with organizations to help them get better digital life balance in their systems and in their, their employees' lives and also just the way they set things up, 
I try to integrate this, you know, this gratitude practice with technology in, and it's always so funny to see the way it's received because some people are like, oh yeah, that's great. I love that. And others are sort of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to what? Is this machinery? <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, think about how much time we spend with our technology every day. And if you approach it, thinking of it in its own box of, oh, my God, this is going to be awful. This is going to be it's there's something's going to go wrong. I know it is right when you know, right when I need it, something's going to go wrong. Of course, something's going to go wrong, because you're approaching it with that negative energy. And if you can approach it with like, oh, no. I'm so excited you know, that this is here. This it is, really changes this the dynamic. Is absolutely fantastic, Heidi. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And I, and when you're saying this, I'm just thinking, oh my god! You know, I have iPhone six plus. The battery there has been really bugging me. It's not charging, and I've been, you know, I've been like fanatic with. Uh, with paper clips and God knows to trying to get that power to, to, to charge the phone. And then something shifted. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it as you're saying it. And it clicked. And I got, oh, that's so fabulous. And it clicked again. Oh, that's so fabulous. And now I just said yesterday, I just said out loud, this phone is absolutely fabulous. It's just charging just as it should be. I'm, you know, I was so high, you know, high up on that. And you're right. <laughs> I've been really showing it gratitude. Yeah. And it, it takes so little effort, you know, it, yeah. and, and it really does pay back in its own way. And sometimes it's more obvious than others. Obviously, that example, it really does. But it's funny when I was co-writing the, the chapter on, you know, on technology and sort of you know, having this mindful relationship with your technology. My friend Jeffrey, who is, you know, he's way much more on the woo-woo side. And we were trying to bring yeah. it down to a level that that people that were more technology that were more techie would understand what we were trying to achieve there. Yeah. And we were trying to name the chapter and we were throwing a couple of names back and forth. And all of a sudden the whole screen went fuzzy like an old TV where you get like just the the gray fuzzy and we were like well I guess it didn't like that name and as soon as we said that and started laughing cleared right up we were like okay this is weird (laughs) wow but it's it's funny I mean there's certain things that you know check your energy when you're engaging with technology and you'll find that if you're coming at it with this isn't going to work and you don't like me or I don't like technology I don't have a good relationship with technology you're going to get what you give in that yeah oh yeah and, um, and so anyway, it, it was a little non sequitur, little, you know, sidebar there on the gratitude piece. But I think that it's important for us to recognize that as we is as we move into this world where things are becoming more digitized, and our interactions are becoming more mediated through technology, that if we don't have a really good, healthy relationship with it, it can actually disrupt those relationships that are on the other side of the mediation. And, and that's, that's not what we want to happen. It's just the opposite of what we want to happen. So we don't want it to create more boxes that aren't even there. No, no. Do not put your device into a box. (laughs) 
once you take it out of the box, don't put it back in the box, right? Exactly. Just uh, and then recycle. (laughs) And then recycle. Exactly. And yeah, and and recycle when it's done. So yeah. yeah. So before we sign off, I want to ask you, Runa, sort of, you know, you're running all these different businesses and you're doing a lot of really great stuff and traveling a ton. What do you do to help you get sort of balanced with your sort of in your digital life? Are there different tools that you use or apps that you use that help you with your, maybe it's just your productivity or maybe it's well-being apps, but are there things, and they don't necessarily need to be the name of an app or things like that, but it's more, are there certain things that, that you like to apply to make sure that you get the downtime that you need and you get the self-care that you need? Oh, yes. There are three apps that come into my into my mind when the moment you ask me this question. The first one is my fitness pal. My fitness pal and myself <laughs> we're such a good friends. Uh, in about well, a little less than two years ago, I really connected my head to my heart and. It was with by using the my fitness pal, I started to take care of the container that is holding my soul and lost 27 kilos. I think that is around wow. 55 pounds, isn't it? Or something like that. Good yeah. on you, girl. Yeah, thank you. Um, and that was so my fitness pal really helped me on that journey. When any, you know, motivationally, nutritionally really helped me on that journey and I I today there are so many people that are coming to me and ask me how I did this and and it actually is quite a whole lot more than just counting calories to be sure but uh because it's so uh it has so much of um mindfulness to it which goes to my next app and that is the app called Calm Mm. which I absolutely love. I love their uh, just listening, even going on a meditation walk uh, under, w- with their guidance and really connects me to who I am and into the moment. I really love that uh, app. And as well, the third one would be the meditation app from uh, the Chopra Center. Mm. Um, the the 21 days of meditation with uh, Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey have uh, really been profoundly uh, effective in my life. It actually is the the root of why I started the Chainsmakers as an example. It came through meditating through one of their journeys. I've been practicing meditation, TM meditation for years, uh, probably a decade or even more than that. Uh, so I'm an active meditator uh, and um, couldn't live without it. So those are the things that really help me stay in the moment, be aware of my my intuition, uh, connect with my higher self, if I can be woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> and just basically it has calmed me tremendously down. It, just allowed me to be more in the moment and, and know my flow and allow myself to be in the flow and, and, and be aware when I'm not in my flow and not pushing it when I'm not in my flow. Yeah. So, so I think it's vitally important to know both. 
I love it. And thank you for sharing that with us. And I think, you know, your journey has been an incredible one. And you are, have touched a lot of people's lives. I was going to say women's lives, but your work is no longer just for women. And, no. and, uh, I, I really honor you for that and really appreciate the, the work that you do and look forward to sharing it with the world and, and fo- continuing to follow you. And I hope, I really sincerely hope that our paths cross again face to face because you're such a fun person. And I just, I, I really, I, I really enjoyed our time together. It's been quite a while since I spoke on the, the women's conference circuit. I went more onto the technology side and I have to say, I miss that uh, there's a wonderful community there of, of great peeps. Anyway. And it's, hopefully- and it's great to mix it, Heidi. Yeah. It's great to mix it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So I'll have to get back there someday. Yeah. But um, anyway, for now, it has been such an honor having you on the show today. And uh, for those of you listening, you can find more information about Runa and her work at runamagnus.com and uh, nomoreboxesmovement.com. She also has a great podcast called Changemakers Podcast that is streaming on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And uh, you'll find all of her social links also on the show notes pages. Runa, thank you again for joining us today. Do you have any last words that you care to share with the audience? Uh, well, f- well, Heidi, first of all, thank you. I'm so pleased and I'm so honored. And to your audience, just remember, you are absolutely enough. You already have everything that you need to succeed and my phrases that is already right in front of you are, can I say tits? <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Just, that's what it is. It's always there. So just pay attention to what is in front of you. And it's there. You've been taken care of. I love it. Thank you, Runa. And uh, thank you, Digital Selfers, for joining us for today's show. If you enjoyed today's show, please make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Wouldn't want you to miss any of the great upcoming episodes in Season 2. It's been our pleasure to have you today, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for The Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.